Welcome to all. This is Max Sports. My name is Max bringing you again football content Monday through Friday, five days a week. We had a ton of stuff happen through college and NFL. I want to talk to you about the college game first. If you're a betting man at all, I have a recommendation for you when it comes to betting unders on things. After that, we're going to jump to NFL football where, wow, there were a lot of picks that did not go my way this weekend. Let's get the episode started off right. College football has changed so much over the last couple of years. No doubts about that. There is one rule, though, that I'm actually liking a lot, and I think it's creating parity in the sport, but I also think it's making an overall better product. Usually around this time of the year, we already know who the number one team is. We know who's going to be the favorite for the playoffs. I'll be honest, there's some years in the college football playoff uh, era where we already knew three of the four teams before it started. Oh, it's some form of like Georgia, Alabama, and Clemson, or, you know, Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson. It was always like two or three schools locked in that we knew were going to make it. Then there were a couple maybes, and then there were a couple of like, they're good, but they haven't been eliminated yet. There is so much parity right now. Honestly, in the game of college football, you could argue that any of the probably top eight teams in, in the NCAA football are, are all worthy of being number one. Georgia, obviously the reigning defending champ. Michigan, they were a college football playoff contender the last two straight years. Again, they've been handling their opponents pretty well. Texas with maybe one of the biggest wins going into Alabama and knocking them off. Florida State, how about that game against U, or Oh my gosh, I almost said UCLA. LSU, Ohio State, powerhouse offense. Marvin Harrison Jr., Penn State, Drew Aller, Washington. Maybe the best offense in America. I just mentioned eight teams there, and we're already going on our fourth week of the season. And there's still craziness that's going to happen. Now, what is this rule that I'm talking about that could have been changing the game? Well, that is no longer having a clock stoppage after first downs. Now, is a rule like that really changing the game so much? Now, I don't think single-handedly it's doing this. But here's one thing that I think is interesting about having the clock stoppage eliminated from the game of college football. Expect a lot of games to go under. Look at some of these uh, spreads when you when you look at these games. I'll take a perfect example. Uh, the Michigan game. Uh, Michigan this past weekend was favored by 41 and a half points or something like that, depending on what sports betting website you use. Now, I'm not much of a betting man myself, but honestly, it's sometimes a spread is very easy to know of how favored a, a team really should be in the upcoming match they're playing. And Again, Michigan's favored by 40-ish. Well, how is a team like Michigan going to score that many points uh, in such little time when the clock keeps running nowadays? Yes, I think the era of a lot of teams being able to blow out people by a gazillion points isn't as likely as it used to be. Michigan played Bowling Green and didn't even hit 40. And they gave up a touchdown. So how on earth were they supposed to cover that spread when it was unachievable with the amount of time they had? They were a run-first offense that had a bit of a slow start. So they're not hitting it. I think this is also giving more parity in the sport because it's allowing teams that maybe aren't as talented through the air to run the ball, manage the game clock. There's a lot of teams that are just trying to cut it down to 15 total possessions in the game. That's it. Maybe 12 total possessions in the game. These are the amount of times you have to score. If you're not ready for it, it's going to be a tougher game. I love it. 
This is probably one of the most exciting starts to a football season I've had just as a average, you know, avid enjoyer of the sport. There's so much parity. There are so it's so much balance. We have a top team from every conference in the top five. Again, SEC, Georgia, Big Ten, Michigan, Big 12, Texas. Uh, how about the ACC, Florida State? And then the Pac-12 has USC. There's new stuff everywhere. Coach Prime. We didn't even get to talk about that with their electric game against Colorado State. That is what rivalry is. I'm sorry. Colorado's not a playoff team this year. But you know what that was? That was an amazing story. Trash talk. Rivalry. Energy, star power, unique stuff. The coach's kid, Shadur Sanders, balling out. How about Travis Hunter leaving the game for a dirty hit? It, it, oh my gosh, it was it was amazing. It was amazing. And I'm glad this is back. I'm glad the games are closer. I'm glad the first four weeks of college football have some meaning again. Maybe I'm rushing onto this, and I want to know what a lot of people are thinking, but I think it's a change that was much needed. It makes games shorter. It gives the underdog a chance. It makes it a lot closer. And uh, again, if we are going to this quasi-pro league, honestly, I, I think it was a good look for the future of the sport. It makes the games a lot closer and a lot more enjoyable in my eyes. Now, if we're really going to talk about my teams, my poor Michigan State Spartans, I, again, I've talked about the off-field stuff with this and how I want to kind of keep that off of the show. I w- I'm here to talk about sports, not what happens off of the field unless it's something to do with said sports. But uh, my, my Spartans, uh, I think they went charging in against the Washington Huskies and then accidentally beheaded themselves. Um, my goodness, uh, Michigan State looked terrible against Washington. Again, I think Michael Penix Jr. and that offense might be the best in college football so far this year. Congrats to Washington for a great win. You earned it. As for Michigan State, um, basketball season's around the corner. So that's all I can say with them. How are you feeling about your college football program so far? Do you have one? Are you just there to watch the big games? What have you thought about the big games? Personally, for me, Texas, Alabama had some amazing energy. Colorado hosting Colorado State. Again, it wasn't even a big matchup, but it felt like the freaking Super Bowl, how much energy was out there. Oregon, just, you know, track racing people. How about Notre Dame potentially bringing in a quarterback that might get him back into the playoff? Probably the best quarterback I've seen at Notre Dame in years. Penn State, could they actually be a competitor against Ohio State and Michigan? Is Florida State back? Is Texas back? Is USC back? These are all big questions. I'm so excited. This is Again, probably the most excited I've been for college football in quite some time. I want to know what everyone else is thinking about it. Overall, I love the change. I think it's making a more enjoyable game. It goes by faster. I think it's a very much-needed improvement to the game of college football. One of the few that I actually can say I'm happy about. What do you guys think about it? Did you even acknowledge or notice anything when it comes to those changes? Have you noticed games going shorter? Uh, Have you noticed closer games. I mean, Alabama and South Florida was a close matchup again. I mean, this is, it's just a really interesting time and I'm glad to be a part of it when it comes to college football. Um, where are your thoughts on it? I would love to know. So we're going to be moving to the NFL now. We need to see how some of the picks have gone. We need to see what is happening when it comes to around the league. What were the biggest upsets? What were the biggest wins, biggest losses? Let's break it down. Break it down. Let's get into that. 
Well, uh, again, they say every single week, uh, any given Sunday when it comes to the NFL. And once again, they were right. Teams that looked electric came out really soft for a lot of teams. Other ones that had no expectations came out and looked amazing. I want to go through some of the highlights of this week. To start things off, we need to talk about how the Cardinals almost pulled an upset on the New York Giants. Absolutely disgusting. Again, if I'm a Giants fan, I am just fuming at how bad of a start this team has had. Daniel Jones was the leading rusher the majority of the game. He still had another turnover. They overcome a 21-point deficit, but again, against a team that's not even trying this year. I thought the Giants were going to win this game 31 to maybe 17. Nope. At least the pick held up for me. I had the G-Men winning it. But again, I'm not putting any emphasis on the G-Men and giving them my usual uh, calling until they actually give me a reason to call them the G-Men. When it comes to Sunday Night Football, the Dolphins pull it out in Gillette Stadium going 2-0, knocking the Patriots off. Tua, while he didn't air the ball out as much as he did in Week 1, still was able to get a touchdown and almost 250 yards through the air. They were able to run the ball as well, though. Raheem Mostert for 121 yards on the ground. This was a concern that I thought was going to be the case for the Miami Dolphins this year. But you know what? Mostert was able to do a really good job. Disappointing game with a crazy finish. Let's hop over to this one. Commanders at Broncos. Broncos country, let's cry. I told everybody that if the Broncos couldn't win this game, I would be done picking them for the foreseeable future. They broke my heart again. Russell Wilson manages to try and make a comeback after having a favorable lead, blowing the lead, and then making a comeback. Russell Wilson throws like a 40-yard Hail Mary as time expires. But, oh, what do you know? The Broncos are down by two. So they have to go for a two-point conversion, which ends up failing. Broncos are now 0-2, and they have had two home games now. This is pathetic. This is sad. I don't even know what to think about them. I, I would. I, I really thought that this was going to be a change. I thought this was going to be a slightly better Broncos team, but honestly, you've lost to the Commanders now, and you've lost at home to the Raiders, who are probably the worst team in your division, maybe only because you are now. Um this has anything changed? Heartbreaking, embarrassing losses. I mean, congrats, Broncos. You've done it again. Um, another big highlighting performance I wanted to shout out to the Buccaneers. Wow, another team that I didn't think was going to be able to do anything. Baker Mayfield and Richard White had a great performance. White with a touchdown. Baker Mayfield with 317 yards through the air and a touchdown to Mike Evans. Pretty much sealed the deal as the Buccaneers win by 10 over the Chicago Bears. Need to get this out of the way. I'm sorry if there's a Bears fan. Nothing personal that is listening to this. But man, for the amount of crap Bears fans have talked on social media, in person, all season long, you deserve it. You deserve it so much. Justin Fields is still not good. Your defense is still soft. You let Baker Mayfield, you let Tampa Baker cook you up. And sorry, don't say, well, that happened to the Vikings too. You know what? I don't think the Vikings are any good either. But the, you know what the Vikings didn't say? That Kirk Cousins was the MVP candidate and we're going to win the Super Bowl. That's what the Bears fans have been saying all year long all offseason long well congratulations bears don't worry your super bowl is going to be coming up very soon and i mean that is in the offseason because that's usually when you start talking about the super bowl you know when games aren't being played 
Sorry, I have to go back to my normal humble self now and keep doing a recap of this week. Um, a heartbreaking one for the Chargers, who now start 0-2 after blowing a lead to the Titans. Yes, I thought that this team definitely was going to be a lot better than they were. But again, this seems to be the same Chargers team. Losing to a Titans squad where, I'll be honest, Ryan Tannehill looked like he was going to be benched halfway through the season to start the year. But you know what? Nope. The Titans end up winning this one. Chargers blow another game. I'll be honest, I can't tell right now who is more disappointing, Chargers or Broncos, but both of them are living in a world of pain. Um, Joe Burrow, I'm sorry. I know they scored touchdowns in this one, but man, another embarrassing loss. Sorry, you're still the Bungles in my eyes. Bengals are probably one more loss away from really being worried about playoff contention now with how they are now 0-2 on the season. Yeah, their next game is against the Rams, then they're at the Titans, then they're at the Cardinals. They could peel off a couple wins there. Maybe they could make it a 3-2 and two performance, but again, this is a rough start for a team that just gave a ton of money to Joe Burrow. He just re-injured his calf strain that he had in the offseason. Again, he was a little gimpy. This is a terrible look for this Bengals team because honestly, I expected more at this point in the season. The Bills returned to form. Everyone said that Josh Allen was pretty much the worst quarterback in the league after they blew it to the Jets. And then arguably, you could say arguably he had one of the best performances of the sun uh, of all the Sunday games, um, throwing, making throws that no other quarterback can make scrambling around, chucking the ball all over the field. Again, Josh Allen, Will the real Josh Allen please stand up? That's what I'll say, because you know what? He'll have games where it looks like, man, how is he even allowed on the football field? And then he'll have ones where the arm angles, the way he's getting the ball out, running like a madman, you you wonder how he's not called the best quarterback on the planet. So great performance by Josh Allen, handled the Raiders at home, a much-needed win for the Bills, and much improved with, again, Jared Cook getting 17 carries for 123 yards. This was the run game that I needed to see from the Bills. They were able to show it. Falcons upsetting the Panthers. This is a game that I thought was going to be the case, and man, it was a close one. They had to shut out the Packers in the fourth quarter. I will say, I am a little worried about how good Jordan Love is. I know they lost the game, but man, Jordan Love is averaging three touchdowns a game right now, and that is scaring me as a Lions fan. Bajan Robinson is legit for Atlanta. Desmond Ritter might be the reason that this team is being held back by more because honestly, if they had a decent quarterback, I think that they could have won by even more. Ritter had a costly interception, but he was also able to lead them for a touchdown and rush for a touchdown as well. Drake London also caught one of those touchdowns. Um, all right, we'll get to it. I know, poor Lions fans that listen to this episode. Um, my Detroit Lions, I, I don't know what to take away from this one. Um, yes, it's an early loss. I'm not too worried about it. I'm, I'll tell you what I'm more worried about in a second. But Dan Campbell's gambling. It looks great against the Chiefs on primetime. It didn't look so good in this case. The Lions went for it on fourth down in clear field goal range. Ended up costing them three points that they could have gotten. And what do you know? They went to overtime. So a field goal. Would have won you the game. How about fumbling the ball on the first play out of halftime? How about a pick six after you just gave up a touchdown? This was a very, very rough game for the Lions. A lot of people are trying to blame the defense for being a revolving door. I'll be honest. Uh, take away the mistakes. So, again, 
I'm not trying to say everything's the, the defense's fault, but take away the overtime if you fix these mistakes. So there's six points right there. Take away two touchdowns, one from fumbling right away out of halftime, and then the other pick six, which was a, just a blatant screw-up. That's three touchdowns off the board right there. Huh. So the offense actually probably gave up more points than the defense did today, and the defense still struggled. So there's still a lot to improve from. It's frustrating because this was probably the biggest, the, the most amount of energy I've ever seen out of Ford Field when I was watching the broadcast. They had amazing plays drawn up. St. Brown had a great performance. David Montgomery was running hard. Jared Goff had a great performance. The defense could not pass rush Geno Smith at all. Thank God we have Kirk Cousins in the division, and he is a statue back there because, man, mobile quarterbacks are killing my team right now. Um, the panic meter for me as a Lions fan out of 10 is about a 5. I didn't like the fact that we lost to a team that I thought we really should have given our all in beating. The Seahawks are still a playoff contender, though. They are a very solid team. Geno Smith put up a great performance. They have one of the best uh, receiving attacks out there in the game of football. So, again, I'm at about a 5. It was... That didn't feel very good. It was a loss that I was not expecting. Um, I'm more worried about the injuries, though. Halapula Vati Vaitai, the right guard, left the game, did not return. How about, um, oh, I'm blanking on a name, Taylor Decker, our left tackle, did not play. How about Josh Pascal, our best D tackle, did not play. How about Emmanuel Mosley, our best corner, still has yet to make his debut. How about the fact that St. Brown left for a while and did not play on the final drive for Detroit? Don't like that. How about the fact that David Montgomery was carted off the field? Did not like that. How about Aiden Hutchinson leaving the game? Did not like that. If there was a player that mattered outside of Jared Goff, they got hurt and left the game today. That is a huge concern for me. Not excited about that. Those were some of the big recaps. Other things to say. Anthony Richardson played great against the Texans until he got hurt. This guy might be the second coming of Super Cam, but I'm afraid the Colts are going to treat him just like Andrew Luck. This guy is running for his life, and he is he battled a knee issue last week. Then he left this game with a concussion. He, he's running the ball amazing, and I think he's doing a great job. The Colts are going to kill him, though. I really need them to protect him because, honestly, I can admit when I'm wrong. I was not high on Anthony Richardson. I didn't think that the passing ability was going to be there. You know what? I think St. Shane Steichen is finding that out, though. With the Colts, I'm worried he's not going to be able to have a healthy career, though, and he's going to have a super cam where he has three good years, and then he's going to be in a with a bionic arm in five because he's, he's they're going to injure him. He's going to get hurt. This is the second time he's missed time on the field because of injuries. And Gardner Minshew played a great game in the second half, but you know what? They need Richardson out there. For the Chiefs and Jags, you could tell that Travis Kelsey was back. The Chiefs were able to control the majority of this game. The Jaguars didn't even get a touchdown, it appears. It, again, I, wasn't, I didn't have access to the game, but the score 17-9. So either they missed a chip shot field goal or it was or a chip shot extra point or is it just field goals. This was not what you wanted by Jacksonville. If, if you want to rip on the Lions for not showing up in this game and, and losing one that they should have gotten, this is a loss for Jacksonville. This could have been a huge statement game, similar to what it was for Detroit last week. The Jags needed this one, and they could not do enough. Uh, again, Calvin Ridley was a no-show. Trevor Lawrence couldn't get into the end zone. And uh, again, I don't think this was the best Chiefs performance. They only put up a measly 17 points. The defense was much improved, I think. Uh, again, Jacksonville only got nine but I am still wondering and worried about 
who is going to be scoring for this Chiefs team if it's not Kelsey? Uh, again, I didn't think Juju Smith-Schuster was a star by any means, but you know what? I thought he was a solid number one at receiver if Kelsey is the number one tight end. Final uh, games that we missed. Again, 49ers got a fairly decent win against the Rams. Stafford threw two interceptions. McCaffrey is just an absolute weapon at the running back position. And Brock Purdy didn't need to do much in this game. He was able just to be a safe game manager. So those were the recaps of the games. Some of the big plays, again, got to highlight the Broncos fail Mary. I don't know if they've come up with a name for that one yet. Um, Again, the Giants. I'm not calling you the G-men with that much emphasis until you beat a real opponent and stop looking like frauds. Everyone that you gave a contract to is looking like a bum right now. Um, Overall, what did you think about it? If you have a dog in this fight, again, we still have to do the Monday night recap. We will be doing that, of course, after the games happen. I've already given you my picks. I already know or believe in who I think will, will win. So, again, we'll get to that time when it comes. But I want to know... Uh, for anyone that had a dog in the, in the fights this uh, Sunday. What do you feel? How's your team going into week three? What were your takeaways? I'd say if I'm a Giants fan, uh, I'm rolling over my grave. If I'm a Packers fan, you might think either you have the next decade and a half of Hall of Fame quarterback play, which pisses me off as a Lions fan. But I'd love to know what you think about it. Um, other than that, this will be the end of the episode. A quick recap on the night uh, when it comes to games. Hopefully you all had a great football-filled weekend. I'm hoping to see my teams obviously bounce back next week. Um, I'd love to know what you think about your teams. I know I have Falcons fans. I have uh, Bears fans. I have Browns fans. I have Steelers fans. I have a lot of different types of NFL fans. Or talk about the college game. What do you think about your program? Did they have a good showing? hit me up on my Facebook page. I'd talk to you guys for free. I'd I'd literally just chat sports with people as a coping mechanism. So literally hit me up. If there's something that I missed in the game, is there something I got wrong? Again, I always want to make sure I'm making good content for you guys. Um, Hopefully you're enjoying this football season as it is getting underway. Are there any surprises for 2-0 teams? Personally, I liked this Falcons team this year. I did not think they'd be 2-0. How about the Buccaneers with Baker Mayfield as well? Uh, any surprises, any shocks, let me know on my Facebook page or on the Spotify comment section. That'll be the end of this episode. My name is Max. Thank you for listening as always. This is Max Sports and I'll see you tomorrow.